Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. David. <sighs> happy Monday. Yeah, man. It's another week. Oh, happy Labor Day. <clears throat> yes, it is. It's uh, Hopefully everyone has the day off, and if you're working, hopefully it's a short day. <laughs> we'll be barbecuing um, while you're working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are moving on to uh, minute number 22. And in this minute, it starts with Savick saying, temperature decreasing rapidly. And ends with Savick saying, cross-reference and verified. Is that your Savick impression? That's my Vulcan impression, I guess. Yeah, but it sounded a little Savicky. I could, you know, I, could see, I could see where you're going. So, you know, we had Keith on last week. And, um, you know, it was great talking to him when we talked about the Grissom and how we love the, um, you know, the design. And I know there have been discussions in the Federation about whether it's cool or, you know, functional. And it, it's all been a great discussion, which um, which has been fantastic. But I just, I struggle with, I'm struggling a little bit with the acting in this. And I don't feel like it's as crisp as Rathacon was. And particularly in this scene, it, 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 it bothers me a little. I feel like this is... This is a set, and not all of the acting. I'm not going to go overboard and say all the acting is, you know, it's terrible or, you know, and I, I just sometimes I feel like they say things and I feel like that just sounds like, yeah, you're just putting the work in. Is it, are you talking about, uh, are you talking about everybody or someone in particular or? Not ev- not everybody, not everybody particular. I mean, I feel like Robin Curtis does, she does a really good job as, as Savick as well as, as well as she can, um, and I know that again, there's been discussions on on that whole thing in the in the Federation as well about, you know, should they have just invented a new character, and you know, should they have you know, tried to get Kirstie Alley, or you know, should she have played Savick? And I know that's a big discussion, and you know, one that I'm sure we'll have continuing on as we go through the movie. But um, I, I feel like she does a she does a. I don't want to diminish her acting for, throughout the whole movie, but and I feel like this scene just is a little. <sighs> yeah, I don't. Well, I, I think I, I think I mentioned that Robin Curtis. I, I've warmed up to her. Not, not, not yet in this minute, mm-hmm. but I think, in general, having watched Surface Search for Spock many, many times, and uh, and then most recently when I watched it, getting ready for the show, um, I warmed up to her. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so she does a good job. She's and. Um, but I think he, yeah. But I, but you're right. There's something about this scene, and maybe it's David. <laughs> that's through. That's and, through and, she's being... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to go there and be like. So there's a scene in in Star Wars, that Chris and I joke about a lot, and it's the one where they're heading towards the, you know, they just made the trip to Alderaan, and um, uh, you're laughing because you know where I'm going with this. And, uh, you know, they're making the trip to Alderaan. They get through, and they're just about to get to the Death Star. And Obi-Wan Kenobi goes, uh, you know, that's no moon. It's a space station. And Han Solo, you know, Harrison Ford turns around and goes, uh, this should be a moon. You know, it's like such a quick, like almost like 
bad acting line. Like, you know, I love Harrison Ford, Han Solo, the whole thing. So I'm not like diminishing his role, but it's just like one of those things. It's like, you can see he just sort of put in the work. He didn't really, it just, it's such a, it's such a funny line. And the way he does it is funny. And I feel like David is sort of playing that sort of, eh, he's playing the character, playing the character kind of thing. Like, it's just not, I don't, he played David great last. Maybe, and maybe part of it is the attitude too, that I'm not like buying his character. You know, he's now happy-go-lucky David, where last time he was very skeptical of Starfleet, and here he is going hand-in-hand with Starfleet and being like, hey, look at its temperature, it's, you know, it's snow, it is snow, and I just feel like happy David is not doing it for me. (laughs) See, so so you you miss whiny David. I, I think I do miss Whiny Dave. I feel like I bought into that character. I bought into his prejudice against Starfleet. And, you know, I saw the, we saw the budding relationship between him and Kirk. We saw the, you know, the, 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 the start, the seed was planted. But I feel like we've come too far, too fast in that sort of his trust of Star. You know, now it's like I fully trust Starfleet, you know? Yeah. I think we've, I, I, I think we talked about it earlier in the show <clears throat> that you know we're missing some stuff that there's that, that, like we talked about the novelization von mcintyre's novelization that there's a whole bunch right. of uh, uh background that happens before this scene and before the you know the captain's log scene and you know that opens the movie and a lot of that was setting up i think part of what you're talking about we really didn't get to see in rathacon you, you see this reconciliation with david and and kirk right but we need to see like that one or two more scenes of, you know, maybe the Kirk saying, Hey, you know, good luck on your, you know, expedition on the Grissom. Cause you know, he, David switched the Grissom right. from the enterprise, like, you know, that kind of farewell <laughs> and good luck. And right. you use that moment to kind of start to turn David from, well, now he's not that crank anymore. Like he used to be. Now he's, he's, he's excited about going off on this journey. He's rude reinforcing that he's okay yeah, with and his I, dad and I, you know that kind of stuff it's not that i don't yeah it's not that i don't buy that he's you know he's excited to go on this adventure and and maybe that's what it is maybe we're missing that little that one scene that bridge between rathacon and here that gives us sort of the you know i don't i still don't trust starfleet but i'm so excited to go on this mission to you know, it's my world, and I really want to see what's going on. Like, I get that sort of excitement, but I feel like in the, you know, last time, you know, last week in episode 20, you know, minute 21, and in this one, I feel like he's just, I feel like he's happy-go-lucky David, and I'm just not yeah, buying there's, it. I mean, I understand why he's excited. He's checking out his planet, right? Yeah. No, I get it. No, I totally get it. I'm just, I, we went from, you know, first gear in Rathacon, and we're already in fifth gear here, and I'm like, well, what happened in between to make him that way? I feel like, I feel like he's too trusting, too quick. All right. I, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my prejudice aside of David's change in attitude, um, I feel like we learn a couple of things in this in this minute, you know, particularly what's going on with the planet. So there's there's some interesting things going on with the planet, and we find the tube, and we find out potentially, and I know this was a question for me um, at the end of Wrath of Khan, is when they fire the tube out, you know, the, the, the pod out, and the photon tube, and what happens to it? Like, how does it, how does it land? And David gives us that answer, or 
potentially an answer. Like the gravitational fields in flux? Yes, so he says, you know, gravitation fields in flux, it must have soft landed. Very soft. Yes, I would say so, because it does not crash. Right, it's upright, it, it's clean as a whistle. Yep. <laughs> I just saw, I just actually just saw a photograph of uh, one of the uh, return vehicles that came back from the International Space Station, and mm. it landed in the desert, and it just looks like a big burnt up tin can with a window i mean it's trashed <laughs> you know yeah. yeah this photon tube yeah sure just landed in the jungle yeah no crater <laughs> nothing <laughs> but um <clears throat> you know we learn uh you know we'll start at the beginning you know temperature decreasing rapidly they're you know they're scanning through the sectors and you know it's snow it's snow in the same sector fantastic you know happy david and then yeah Savick he, give us it, gives us our best fascinating which i'm not buying <laughs> i i had a note that i'm like ooh, that's the first time we're hearing savik say fascinating right she never said that mm. before is that supposed to be an homage to spock her mentor it's got to be and it made me go it, it, it made me wonder about ooh, how many other vulcans in the star trek series have said fascinating is that just spock right. who says it but it's not i found other references to tuvok saying it and and, and others have, um, yeah. And I will, I will post on the uh, on the listener federation. I found a supercut of of Spock saying, "Of all fascinating." Oh, fascinating! <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that was a. Uh, how do you feel about her saying fascinating? I mean, I, I, that's why I said I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm buying her saying fascinating. I feel again. I, I know I'm. I'm picking here, um, and particularly at the scene. Um, because I guess I want I want more I want better you know I want this movie to be as good as Wrath of Khan you know I want every Star, Star Trek movie to be as good as Wrath of Khan and so I, I struggle with this scene a little bit particularly David's acting and her using her using fascinating I, I feel like and I don't want to say like that's a Spock catchphrase any Vulcan can use it but I just feel like again Maybe too soon, too too fast here. You know, right out of the gate, we first see her, and she's just fascinating. Maybe I'm, I just not buying it. Well, you would think, you would think if she knows that that was Spock, and Spock, right, said that a lot, presumably around her, that her using it, she'd be self-conscious about it. Like, oh God, Spock used to say that. You know, yeah, but, maybe. Or maybe she's just doing it be, because she misses Spock, and this is I don't know. Right, it, it, it's jarring. Right, it's a little bit. It's. It's good, and it's bad. Yeah. So my, my um, other, but just before we go on, so you know, talking about you know David being excited about all the mm. scanning and all the things they're finding. One of my notes was, you know, he's like, "Oh, snow in the same sector, fantastic!" And my note was, "Well, he's he's very excited about that. That that's a good thing, yeah. right?" <laughs> that's like, so snow in the same sector. That must be good, uh, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, and then he, he expands on that thought, you know, of the snow in the same sector. He's like, all the varieties of land and weather known to Earth within a few hours walk. And I feel like, again, I don't, I, this line troubles me. He's equating it back to Earth. And he's like saying, all mm. the varieties of land and weather known to Earth within a few hours walk. If I were Savic, wouldn't I be a little insulted? If I was any other alien race on the crew, wouldn't I be a little insulted? What? You, 
we're way out here and you're equating this planet that's been created as Earth? Well, I, I think, I also think that <clears throat> this, this seems to me, makes me raise a question, one, when they were creating the Genesis project and device, right. was there bias towards making an Earth-like planet the whole time? Yeah. And if so, okay, I, that's that's fine. There, it looks like most of the regular folk were from Earth, right? But oh no, actually they weren't because we know some of them are Delton. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if that was their goal, fine. Uh, but that certainly lends some weight to uh, Krug's concern. Not that necessarily that it's a weapon, but oh, they made a uh, an Earth making. <laughs> device right not only making planets they're making earth planets right yeah they're making a human human planet like earth is humans and you know we know that class m you know which is i think the the standard term they used for a survivable planet and you know they could have made any kind of you know that fit their need not necessarily one that mimicked earth right. that would have been an interesting change in that line right yeah. if you just said all the varieties of land and weather known to a class m planet yeah Right. Yeah, it might have come off a little, but he's. I just feel like it's. He, he's equating it to Earth, and I just feel like it's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. He's got a. He's got a bias. David's biased. So maybe maybe a little bit of snark there for uh, for David, but a little bit of um, Earth prejudice maybe, or prejudice towards other world. I'm gonna make a device that only makes Earth. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about <clears throat> what they find. In Sector 3. They find a bad Atari simulation is what they find. Come on now. 1984. Do we even have our Nintendo... Uh, no, I don't think... I No, I don't think Nintendo even came out then. If they did, it was... 85, I think, right? I, my note was that they found the metallic mass in Sector 3 uh, on the Battlezone video game. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I feel like... Um, and you and I, you and I have talked about this. Is you know when when Wrath of Khan opens, and again we always go back because we always. Right now, our point of reference is, is we've seen Wrath of Khan, we've discussed it minute by minute, and now we're on Star Trek Three, and so our point of reference is Wrath of Khan right now. The opening scene of Wrath of Khan is when they're in the Kobayashi Maru, and that graphic that comes up with the tactical information is great. It's fantastic. They yeah. had a smaller budget than than Search for Spock had. I just feel like they could have done, and I'm going to harp on this throughout the whole movie, and I know people are going to get sick of it and be like, I don't want to listen to you harping anymore, Dave. But I just feel like they could have done a little bit extra. I, I, I agree. I, and I, you're right. We're going we're gonna to harp. It'll come up again. But now I'm, I'm chuckling to myself. I'm like, okay, what would have made us happy? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> was it would have just would have just been Kobayashi Maru display quality, and then yep, I'm I'm totally psyched with it. Or we would have been like, you know what? I really need to see Matrix like simulations here. This isn't just you know, it's not realistic enough. Will we ever be happy? You know, probably not. I don't think I'll ever be happy, and I think because I know what it is, and I don't, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's a uh, catch-22 it's like well if i say i'll ever be happy you know it's uh you know if they give me something i'm gonna be happy but yeah i don't you're always you're always wanting more i'm always wanting more that's true particularly about 
this series because you know I love the Star Trek universe and the series and and it's not so much the graphics like the mountain graphics and everything look good it's maybe it's the 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 typeface and the brick that's representing the tube and then just so, sort of flashes life form yeah. right above it I feel like that's just a little so the so the one image that I do like is if you sort of it's the pullback scene where David has gone back to his terminal Esteban is looking over Savix off to the right above the sort of honeycomb the you know her, the yeah. many switches yeah. pad there that Spock would use all the time there's the one scene and you see sort of the the brick of the the tube and you see sort of words coming up along it alongside of it I'm okay with that that's not bad I just feel like the brick with the life form flashing above it just feels a little bad it makes me think of the the atari et video game for some reason yeah yeah <laughs> i did well while we're talking about it this this particular display uh so this, this they did what like a short range a sh- close range scan yep uh and the scan comes back says metallic mass two meters long cylindrical t- terminium and i i never really paid attention to that I'm like and getting ready for this minute i'm like wait a minute what is that is that just saying hey, that's is that like you know, terminate like the end of this is the end of the scan. Um, so I went and looked that up. Term terminium. Yep. Uh, it's <laughs> there's not much out there. <laughs> uh, apparently, it was a metallic alloy used in the construction of Federation Mark Six photon torpedo casings. That's it. Well, there you there you go. <laughs> so very specific. <laughs> to this film in that <laughs> model of photon torpedo termini term terminium. i can't even pronounce it how do you pronounce that can you tell i don't know i'm not even gonna try <laughs> Damn it. i'm gonna leave that all to you term terminium terminium sure terminium yeah that works too terminium cinema i have another note this is going to be starting i'm going to start putting um, check marks in the plus column for Robin Curtis. Um, okay. Is David is saying it's a photon tube, and the gravitational fields are in flux must have soft landed. Uh, while he's saying that, the Savick is in the foreground, and no reaction. And my note was like, oh, Robin Curtis is doing a really good job <laughs> playing a Vulcan, showing no emotion, because you would think you'd get a reaction here, you know, like oh my god. So I'm going to chalk one up to uh, Robin Curtis in this scene. Yeah, I'm not, you know, again, my rant at the beginning of the, the minute is not about how good of a Vulcan she plays. And I know that's a discussion that we're going to have continually. You know, again, we, we're going to compare her to Kirstie Alley and her reactions. And, Robin, you know, it's natural to compare the two. And I, I agree that her playing a Vulcan is... She is good at playing a Vulcan. Do you think it's easy playing a Vulcan? Do you think you could do it? I don't know if I. I don't know if I could get all the emotion off my face. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but even again, Spock. There, there were times, you know, the raising of the eyebrow, and you know, I, I know that's not emotion, but it's definitely a reaction. So I feel like there's limited reaction. You just, yeah, you just can't smile or become angry or whatever. Yeah, you know, or or react like yeah. well, I guess re- like you said, reaction. Then raise eyebrow, sure, but like, you're, you're, no one's mouth is falling open, right? 
No gasps. Yeah. I take that back. We saw. We saw Savage gasp in Wrath of Khan when Scotty brings we, Peter Preston on, on the bridge. We did. And I believe even when we first meet her in the um, in the last minute, she sort of gives a little bit of uh, a reaction to to David. You know, she gives a little bit of the raise of the eyebrow and and a little hint of a smile. Um, so we do get, uh, which is it should be natural because although we do know non-canon that she is half Romulan, half Vulcan, so we know that there there is emotions in her. I, I don't necessarily find that a bad thing. Like, we obviously know because she cries in the, you know, the end of Wrath of Khan, and right. so I'm, I'm okay with a, the little bit of emotion based on what I know. Now, other people may be like, nope, she's, a, she's portrayed as a Vulcan, and it's not canon, and she needs to be Vulcan 100%. And that's where she, that she's doing a good job with it here. So, and I, to that point, we're going to meet another Vulcan in the next few minutes, and I have comments about that Vulcan as well, particularly in terms of emotion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do too. So, you know, uh, Esteban says, you know, he wants to code a message to Starfleet that Captain Spock Tube has been located. Comm officer says, yes, sir, coding your message. And, you know, David, you know, saying, I don't, I don't believe it. And, you know, they're, they're saying if the equipment is functioning properly, indications are an animal life form. That apparently was not something they programmed into the Genesis device, was animal life forms. And I don't think I, as I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, I don't think I knew that. <sighs> I don't, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, a, an allusion to it in the, in Carol's Genesis, you know, demo video that, you know, it's leaving breathing planet capable of supporting life that they, they want to deposit on it. I guess I, I, maybe I'm just sort of assuming, you know, a living, breathing planet, you know, it has fish and sure. Sure. You know, other stuff on it. So Esteban's reaction. Well, yeah, we already talked about Esteban's reaction. You said there wouldn't be any. Yeah. So he's there's just <laughs> throwing that at David. And, there shouldn't be any. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> Wrong show. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had a note here uh, when Esteban is confronting David. Uh, I noticed, and maybe this goes back to your, your comment earlier: is David doesn't have pointy sideburns. He does not. Is that is that a his way of saying uh, I, I like Starfleet, but I'm not all in on Starfleet, or he's just uh, he's just a, a hippie in the 23rd century and he doesn't do those kind of sideburns. Because I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about the pointy sideburns. If that's like Starfleet issue, you know, like I feel like it's a, a Starfleet thing because you know, I, I feel like that's a Starfleet thing because even though we see the comm officer for mm-hmm. a second, his are small, but he does have the pointy sideburns. Yeah. And you know, Robin Curtis has a little bit of the pointiness going on. He Esteban has the pointiness, and David is just a civilian, you know, contractor, you know, working for. The science division, so I'm assuming he's, you know, he's the guy, you know, that works in an office where everyone wears a suit and a tie, and he comes in in a t-shirt. <laughs> he's that guy. Right. That guy. A padded t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, that was, that's, uh, that's all of my notes for this minute. What do you, do you get anything else? Nope, just, you know, that the they find the life form, that there shouldn't be any, and Savick 
you know, dutifully as as ever says cross-referenced and verified. So that has that's key because you know you want to make sure you cross-reference and verify that 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 scan. She checked and double-checked it. She did. All right. Well, why don't we wrap it up here then, and we can uh, go barbecue, enjoy the rest of Labor Day. Yes. Cool. All right, guys. Well, while we're doing that, you guys can uh, uh, find us also on social medias. Maybe we'll post some pictures of what we got on the grill. Um, we're on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Tumblr at Star Trek Minute is the handle there. Uh, and we're going to be back again on Wednesday talking about Minute 23 of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.